Hey friends, welcome back to From Your Center, a podcast to help you move through life, work, and the chaos of the modern world with clarity, groundedness, and vibrancy. We're from totally different worlds, medical science and performing arts, yet both reveal the same truth. Unlocking your highest potential begins within. With research, personal stories, and coaching, we help you integrate body, mind, and spirit to take courageous action toward a life well-lived. I'm Adriana Baer. And I'm Leah Duranti. We're glad you're here. Let's jump in. So today we have a question from somebody who reached out after one of our previous episodes and asked you, Leah, to talk a little bit more about the subconscious. So in that episode and also previously, you've given us this image of Mm -hmm. an iceberg where you've said that, and I'm going to botch it. So you're going to explain it all to us that the majority of our consciousness is subconscious. Yeah, we don't actually function with the majority of of the information that's coming into our brains. And so like an iceberg, you know, we kind of we can see that top 10%, but like 90% is under the water. Mm -hmm. And this person reached out to ask if you could explain more about how we know that and also like, how does that actually work? How is it? How is it happening that we are functioning in the world? Mostly? without being aware of it. I know. It sounds crazy, right? It's like almost, it just like doesn't even feel possible. Yeah. Um, And I love it. I'm so grateful. Thank you guys for sending in these questions. This is really fun. Uh, The subconscious to me is, I think the most exciting thing that I've learned about in the last five years, probably. Um, Because it holds so much potential for understanding ourselves and living our lives intentionally and the way that we desire. And um, so I I think it's so fascinating. And I too was like, what, how could that be that 90% of this is we're on autopilot and not aware? Um, the idea, I do love the imagery of an iceberg. I think it's really helpful. Um, one of the most helpful pieces for our mind in general is having images. So we did one of these Q&As for the brain and neuroplasticity. And when I say the word brain, an image pops up. It's, you know, for many of us, it's the little emoji or we've seen it (laughs) in a textbook. There is no image for the mind. Oh. Oh, that, mm mm-hmm. There's no, I can say refrigerator. I can say what was the first car you drove and an image pops up immediately in your mind. When I say mind, we don't, there isn't, we can't see it. And so part of understanding what the subconscious is, is I think really helpful to have this metaphoric image of the iceberg because Mm -hmm. it allows us to start conceptualizing this piece that, again, we can't sense in the way that we kind of perceive other information or learning. And it's really, really helpful for the conscious part of our brain to understand it. So this idea that about 10% of our mind's activity. So when we think about mind activity, those are the things like judgment, rationality, 
um, I would even say imagination and determination and will, like making a choice between things. Um, Those pieces are in the conscious part of our brain where we can choose that. But there are, and that's only about 90% of, excuse me, that's only about 10% of what, that's Mm -hmm. logic, logic, Mm -hmm. rationality, judgment, critical thinking. And then below that is this automatic super processing system that is taking in the inputs that we receive from the world around us. So when we, when it's been studied, the idea that just from our senses, so seeing, hearing, smelling, tasting, touching, just that alone, we are receiving about 11 million bits of information every second. What? Every second? Yes. And our... How do we count something like that? So there's some cool studies. I'll I'll, I'll share some cool studies. Oh my gosh. Um, I thought you were going to say a day. (laughs) No, a second. Um, And we can process about 7 to 50 bits of information. (laughs) That's what our conscious mind can do. So... Our subconscious mind is doing all of this processing of all of this information. And one of the ways in which it improves its efficiency and effectiveness is by creating kind of habituated patterns or kind of automatic loops with things. And the subconscious mind is where a lot of our assumptions live. That's a lot. That's where a lot of our beliefs live. Um, those kind of deep-seated parts of us. It's where feeling and emotion actually lives within um, the human experience. It's where uh, our habits are. Our habits are in our subconscious. Mm. Um, we Again, we think we're making <laughs> the choice mm-hmm. to do this thing. And and we have habituated pattern within our subconscious. And, and that's why your conscious mind can say, I'm going to go run every day. And then it doesn't happen because there's mm. all of these kind of almost hidden forces at work underneath the level. Again, that that iceberg is so helpful under the waterline that are in opposition to that goal or that idea or that um, kind of concrete action step you intended to do or say. Um, How do we know about it? So it was theorized in the 1800s that there, you know, Carl Jung is one of the big ones who has said, you know, until we make the unconscious conscious, we'll kind of walk around thinking that we're controlled by fate when really it's this this unconscious or this subconscious mm-hmm. part of us. And that was more from his experience with patience and trying to create a framework for understanding what was going on with his patients and and why things weren't changing. Cool part is we do do now have kind of science to understand the dual processing of the brain, like that we are processing this information at a conscious level and at a subconscious level. And 
the two par- two parallel tracks is how it was originally kind of thought of. It seems to be more complex than that, um, that they're almost more like complex railway systems that mm. do touch each other at certain points. There's like, you know, stations where there's contact between the two, but they really do operate some separately for, for most of the time. One of the ways that they learned about this was actually through vision, which was interesting. So one thing that's fun, you can Google like the image of uh, if like our iPhone, if you were going to take a picture of, if I was going to take a picture of you, Adriana, and what my iPhone would produce versus if there was a computer rendering of what my retina actually sees when I look at you. Oh. I'll find a link and I'll put it in the show notes so that people okay. can just click on it. But it's really cool. Your brain is filling in a lot of information. Like there literally is a blind spot for the optic nerve. Like there would be like a black dot in the middle of your face. Whoa. If all my brain got was the light on those cones and rods in the back of my retina kind of delivered yeah, to yeah. the brain. So the subconscious is filling in and rounding out and making judgments and making assumptions mm. and predictions on like, you know, she probably doesn't have a black dot in the middle of her cheek. <laughs> like, <laughs> Let's fill it in. Um, and the way they figured this out was there was a gentleman who had unfortunately had a stroke and his occipital lobe um, was the area that was affected by the stroke. And so he could know that. So that's where the processes that come in through the retina are processed in the back of the brain and the occipital lobe. So his eyes were transmitting information into his brain through the light and the cone and those things. But because of the stroke damage in his occipital lobe, the brain could no longer take that electrical impulse and make an image. So oh. the, the so vision was gone. So his eyes were still intact, receiving input, brain, stroke, horrible stroke, both, both hemispheres. He, an image couldn't be created, so he saw black. Whoa. But, in, but all of the information, again, 11 million bits of information are still coming in through those eyeballs. So they did two things, which is totally cool. Two studies that were really interesting. So first they um, put up an image of a square or a circle and they asked him there and he's like, this is ridiculous. So he otherwise cognitively fine. Like the stroke was like really um, discreet in that it only took out his vision. So they would hold up a picture of a square or a circle and they asked him to guess what it was. And about 50% of the time he was right, which is what you would expect because of guessing. Sure. Then they held up a picture of a person who was angry and a person who is happy. And two thirds of the time he got it right. Huh. And it's because the area on the brain, about a third of the processing of sensory information on our brain is devoted to human faces. This is what comes back to where we talk about the vagus nerve so much and how important um, 
our tone of voice, our facial expressions. Like this was very important to the development of us of a social creature, a to being mammals. And so that input was coming in about the face and registering in his brain. And a different part of his brain was answering this subconscious, this subconscious processing part of his brain was processed, could see, quote unquote, happy versus sad because it's so important to human evolution. This next part is crazier. Okay. So then they were like, okay, we don't. So again, things that our subconscious does, we know we have a subconscious. If you are walking down the street and you're about to trip, you don't think about Right. How to catch your balance or step over that book so that you don't step on it or the dog. My gosh, it's always the dog in my house. Like (laughs) you just step. That's that automatic. So they convinced this guy at first he wouldn't do it, but they convinced him to walk down a hallway with a bunch of different objects on the floor Mm -hmm. without his cane. Mm -hmm. And he made it through the entire hallway without falling. Wow. Because again, our subconscious is processing all of this information around us in the world that we don't even know that it's taking in right. and processing. Um, and so even though the organ of the eyeball was no longer, or the, the area of the brain was no, no longer able to take the input from the eyeball and make that the image of we, what we think of as sight, there was still this, what they call blind sight. Yeah. Wow. 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 So that we, yeah. So it's, it's so That's crazy. So and it's so interesting. Cool. I mean, my, my kind of thing I'm thinking about is when I, <laughs> this is so silly, but like there's sometimes I'm really focused on something and I'll be, you know, people say this all the time, like, I went into the kitchen and I did X, Y, Z, and I came back into my office and I didn't even remember going into the kitchen. hundred percent. You know, or you drive you, to school and you don't right. know how you got there all the you time. You drive that's, because that you, is your, that's your subconscious is taking over or, taking over. you know, like my kid will wake up in the middle of the night. We'll have a conversation. She'll go back to sleep. And then in the morning, she doesn't remember the conversation, but it still happened. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right. Cause something's processing. Right. Yeah. Right. Wow. Yeah. So, I mean, it's, and what I think is so cool when I look at it from the perspective of being a nurse practitioner for 10 years and really working with people and trying to understand why things didn't change. Hmm. And realizing that my entire toolkit, my entire framework was based on talking to and working with somebody's conscious mind. Right. And yet our behaviors, our beliefs, our assumptions, our feelings, our emotions, our habits, all the things that we would need to do to say, I don't know, make a health change. (laughs) Right. Are not in the conscious mind. They're in the subconscious mind. So for me, I think it's really exciting because we know that personal behavior is, when you look at the determinants of health, 
like access to healthcare is only about 10, makes about 10% of change. Mm-hmm. And yet we spend about 95% of our dollars on that, right? right. There's genetics, there's environment, there's behavior change, yeah. and there's healthcare. And what we're actually looking at is like behavior, like why do we do what we do? And mm-hmm. so we have to start looking. At, so again, what's exciting to me is why do we do what we do at work, at home, in relationships, in anywhere is really starting to understand what is that processing that's happening in the subconscious level mm-hmm. and how can we access it and how can we get aligned? It's about congruence between knowing that making that ra- ra- rational and logical choice and then lining up the subconscious pieces so that you now come with your full power, right? Mm-hmm. Imagine it, you're fighting like 90% of yourself. No wonder yeah. it's so hard to change things. We only, we're only accessing 10% of our power, whereas yeah. we, can, we can line these things up and really mm-hmm. um, see transformation. So it's, I mean, it's so cool. I could go on. I've got one for how they know that hearing happens subconsciously too. It's like, there's so many interesting studies now. And again, Mm. that functional MRI has been key. So we've only known about this from, again, it's been theorized and people have had that instinct that there's more since about the 1800s. And obviously Freud is one who really popularized the idea um, of different desires and things. That's a little... Mm-hmm. doesn't line up really with the science today, but mm-hmm. he was also theorizing at that time too. Um, but it really was this functional MRI. So it really is just from the 90s that we can see, we can extrapolate, again, the mind working, consciousness working, intellect working through these these studies and through kind of the experiments that they're doing. So it's, it's really cool. So cool. Well, thanks Leah for our totally brilliant. I feel like we all just got at least a master's degree in subconsciousness. (laughs) Um, so good job team. Uh, okay. So if you have questions that you want Q and A for either of us or both send them in and we'll see you next time guys. guys. Bye. Bye. You guys, I made you a nervous system quiz, like those personality quizzes from Cosmo back in the day. These super quick seven questions will show you how your nervous system is currently wired. And of course, I've got details on how to shift it for more calm, ease, resiliency, and joy. I'm so excited for you to have this tool. And I have got a fun download called Beyond Once Upon a Time. 15 ways to start your speeches and brainstorm ideas that won't bore your audience. Get in on these through the links in our show notes.